I don't have this laid out perfectly. I'm just going to share my heart with you this morning. But here, here's, here's the way I see it, okay? And I think it's correct. And I think most of you will agree with me if you know what I'm talking about. We got, we got three options as a church. One is to be a no-show church. Two is to be an all-show church. Or three is to be a God-shows-up church. That's our three options. There's really not any other options. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I want to be a God-shows-up church. Mm. I messed up this morning. I wasn't into a worship. Man, that forever he is glorified. Uh, what's the dead gum verse? Mm. Sing it to me, William. Yeah, but something to do with freed me. Oh, for freed me to be forever yours. Wow. Almost collapsed. Because the Bible says that even when we're faithless, God is always faithful. When we fail God, God never fails us. When we rebel against God, God never flakes out on us. He is faithful every day, all day. Amen? Amen. Forever. Forever. This covenant that we live in as believers is forever. It's eternal. And it's, it's not because how good Chad West was. It's because Jesus, while I was yet a sinner, Jesus died for me. And he committed to pay for my sin, whether I wanted him to or not. But thank God I wanted him to, and then I've accepted that free gift of salvation. But we can be a no-show church, an all-show church, or a God-shows-up church. And, and what I mean by a no-show church is this. We can be a church that's run by the traditions of men and have nothing to do with the Holy Spirit, you know. They, they call, they're called cessationists. There are some denominations that are cessationists. The Holy Spirit died a long time ago. The gifts of the Spirit don't exist anymore. That was just for the apostles to start the church. But now we've got it, right? We don't need the Holy Spirit because we can run it now. Anything, everything we need to know is in the Bible, and it is, but that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit isn't here to talk to us and to just, you know, it's, I love, I, I, man, I love Brother Owen. When he, when he got spirit-filled in the denomination that he was with, they, they went into a room and chewed his butt out for two hours about hearing from God outside of the Word. Now, let me tell you something. When you hear from God outside of the Word, it's going to jive with the Word. Amen? And so don't get that misconception. But at the end, he says, okay, i got one question for y'all. I have no butt cheeks left, but I've got one question for y'all. How many of you were called by God to preach? And, of course, they all raised their hands, and he says, what scripture and verse? So God, is still, God still speaks, and God is still around, and His Holy Spirit is still real. But, you know, there are people that go to church every Sunday, and maybe that's some of you that are accustomed to that. You go, you sing a few hymns, you hear the Word, you know, but it's all about your part of the deal. It's all about your works and things. You know, we don't need the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and it's just a ritualistic, traditional church setup that, that just totally just... What Christian word can I use? Stinks. You know, because where's God in it? I mean, there's people, you know, there's especially, you know, men. 
there's men they go to church just to keep their wives off their back and just to just to go and just to go through the motions and there's people that are going to go to church for their whole lives only to die and go to hell for an eternity because they've never met Jesus in their heart and they've never come to know him now and I will say this it doesn't matter what church is going on today I believe there are people in all these churches that ha- that have got a clue you know and they're working with what they got, and they know God, and they know how to connect with Him, and they experience God. But, but the no-show church is that this, let's just go through the habits, let's just go through the motions, and, and keep God off our back. We don't want God involved in our lives, we just don't want Him in, in our way. You see what I'm saying? And then you've got the all-show church. God ain't here, but we dang sure want people to think He is. And this manifests itself in two ways. One way, it, make, it manifests itself in what we call today worshiptainment. We're gonna, it, you won't see the presence of God here, but we're going to get a smoke machine, and that'll have to do. We're going to put disco balls up and all these other things. We're gonna, this is a concert. It's not about an interaction with God or a relationship with God or praising Him and His presence coming down. We just want it to be a, a, a sensational thing that, that's encouraging and you go home. But, but the deal is, is since God wasn't involved, you still go home the same way that you came. And that stinks. The other way of that is that is for the non-cessationist crowd, the charismatic crowd, is that, well, God ain't doing enough, so we're going to help him out. So we're going to speak in tongues four hours, and we're going to you know, do things and say it's God doing it. You know, William talked about using God's name in vain. You know, here's the deal. If the Holy Spirit ain't moving, you can't force him. There's an issue there. We've got, we got to figure out how to make the Holy Spirit move, not to step in his place and say, well, let's, let's make something happen here. And that's why the charismatic world looks crazy today is because these charismaniacs doing things that are on their own in the flesh. Y'all know that in the How many of you have been in a charismatic church all life? You've heard of in the flesh, right? People that are moved by their self and emotion, not necessarily the Spirit of God. And so, so these are show churches, you know, like we're going to put on a show whether God shows up or not. But then thirdly, there's the God shows up church. The God shows up church. And I mean, I, I, could, I could just go on and on and on about the things that happen when God shows up. When God shows up, healings occur. When God shows up, people are saved. When God shows up, lives are changed. When God shows up, broken marriages are given hope. I mean, when God shows up. Mm. And I'm a dang fool to think the rest of my life I'm going to play this game that everybody's playing to think that I can do anything good for you outside of God showing up. What are we without God? What are we without His presence? You know, His presence is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God that, that, that's alive. It's not an it. It's He. It's a, it's, a, it's a person of the Trinity that lives in us, works through us, and, and manifests Himself to us today. And, and so, but, but what, what makes us different, you know? You know, we don't want to become an arrogant church that thinks that we have it all figured out, right? And that we're the church and, you know, and all these other churches are just a bunch of knuckleheads. But, but the deal is this, I want to tell you this, we're not the only ones that have this state of mind. We're not the only church that, that sees worship the way we do. I just want to read this to you, okay? This, this is an important scripture to our church. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. Okay? I can't impress on you enough the importance of the tabernacle of David, the tent of David, the worship that was going on when David was around. It says, I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. 
that the remnant of mankind may what? Seek the Lord. And that all the Gentiles who are called by my name, if you're a Gentile, if, if, if okay, I, I don't know if anybody is of Jewish descent in here. If you are, I guess that's a bonus. I don't know. But, but most of us are redneck, Hardin County Gentiles, right? We're mutts. You know, we went to Canada. You know what? They're mutts too. They're, they're, they have the same background as we do. You know, uh, French, Scottish, Irish, all these different backgrounds. And even, even some of the Cree people, they, had, you know, they call them the Mati, you know, the, 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 they blended with the Europeans. Um, but it says, uh, the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from old. And it's, it's said in Amos, in the last days, when the Holy Spirit falls and the New Testament church is born, they say, hey, this was prophesied in Amos that this would happen. And you know what? There is a twofold purpose. First of all, there is the fact that now we have this relationship with God through Jesus that make us the priest and make us, you know, able to communicate with him. But there's also the actual going-ons of the praise and worship that God desires to inhabit in a church. And today you've got churches who preachers think that they're the most important thing in the church, and they're not. I'm not the most important thing in this church. God is the most important thing in this church. And, and so I want to go back to where, how, do, how did we get to this frame of mind of worship and what makes us think that this is the way to go? It all started at a Shady Grove conference with Olin Griffin. I'm kind of giving you history. I'm giving my life story. I'm, giving, I'm just talking today. But we were here at a church. We were a small church. We were a legitimate church. We were a unified church, you know. Um, and Dad... And mom, they ended, or the family, they ended up at Shady Grove Worship Conference through the invitation of Robert Morris, who was an elder at Shady Grove. And they go there. And you know what? It was, it was, it was worship. I mean, hey, we lifted hands and we shouted, but this was a little more than we were accustomed to. I wasn't here at this time. And I remember Dad got there, and he was thinking, man, this is a little much. And, he, and he'll tell you, God told him, shut up and watch. And so Dad shut up and watched for like two or three days. And before he left there, God impressed on his heart that this is my desire. This is what I want from my church. And so he says, okay. And so dad comes home on a Saturday. On a Sunday, he preaches in Isaiah chapter 6, and he, and he reads this. I don't remember exactly what the message was about. In the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Okay, how many of you know, y'all remember Olin coming, all these things we've been saying about worship uh, ascending and descending. Our worship, our praise ascends in God's presence. What? Descends. And where's his train located? In the temple. It says, and his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings with which he covered his face. And with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And then it goes on, And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And, and smoke in the Old Testament, it's always a representation of what? God's Shekinah Glory. In other words, God ain't just here. He is visibly, physically present in this location. 
And Isaiah says, And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs and the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, he has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for forever. Amen. So Isaiah has this vision. He goes into the tabernacle and there's a cloud, the visible Shekinah glory. We went up to Canada and there was a Shekinah campground. You know, Shekinah is the, is the, 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 the presence of God. And I'm like, wow, I'd like to go there and see if that's legitimate, you know. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. Maybe it's just a traditional setup. I don't know. So, he, go, so we, we, he goes to Shady Grove. He gets exposed to this idea of worship as, as God says, I want to rebuild the tabernacle of David. And Dad's not limited by any books that say this is what we must believe. So he comes home and he considers it and he preaches this message. And on Monday morning, I get a phone call. Do you want to see the presence of God? Now, what do you say to that? If you're Chad West... You say yes, but you say it sarcastically because you're like, all right, what, what are you talking about? Hey, you know what? I was healed when I was seven years old from a disease they said I'd be crippled with for the rest of my life. Wouldn't be able to walk, be in a wheelchair, all these good things. I've seen the move. Yeah, bless you, Lord. I've seen the moves of God. I've seen people healed. And this wasn't no episode of Little House on the Prairie where the fake evangelist came through town and, and, and had some people working on the side. No, this was where people knew these people from birth. They were blind. They couldn't walk. They couldn't talk. And bam, they're healed. And now they're walking, they're talking, and they're seeing, you know. I've seen these things in my life. I've seen the fake I've seen the phony, but I've seen the real. And, and today people want to discard the, the real because they're afraid of the fake. But here's the deal. When you've got God leading you and you've got men in charge that know the word to say, hey, this is not acceptable, but this is acceptable. You know, and so, so what do we do? Do we want to just be safe and have nothing to do with God? Or do we want to allow the presence of God to come into our church and change our lives and change our broken community and set us free? What do we want? And so I get a phone call that says, do you want to see the presence of God? And I'm like, sure. I got my Nomex on, my prima donna welding outfit. And back then, the, back then we had doors where all the glass doors are, but they were white. You couldn't see through. And, and, the, and the sanctuary stopped between those two air controls there. And I remember coming to the church, opening the door, and I'm peeking in. I'm like, I'm being like CQB sniper. I'm like pieing the corners and thinking, what the heck's going on in here? Is God going to kill me when I walk in the building? He thought about it. And so I open the door and I come in and I'm like, all right, I don't hear anything. I come into the second door and I walk in. I see people laying on the floor just, just worshiping. Just, they're just praying, you know, real quiet. And I walk in the back door and I, and I break through the, the old feed store low ceiling back there. And I look up. And man, there was just a big cloud of smoke up here. And I thought, what the heck is that? And I began to watch as that you see how our air handler closets are? Our air handlers, the vents? That cloud was just sitting there. Those vents were blowing 100 miles an hour, and the cloud is just sitting there, still as can be. And I'm like, wow. Okay, so now what do I do? How do I act? I wasn't taught this in Sunday school. But I remember nine times, nine times, this cloud shows up. 
And the first time Dad came in, this whole sanctuary was so smoked up. He said, when you come here, you couldn't see. But the cloud, it would... It would and, and, oh, another thing Dad did that day, he preaches this message, but he takes the pulpit and he moves it to the side. He grabs the keyboard and he puts it in the center of the stage and he says, this is what this church is about now, worship. And apparently God liked it. Because what do you do when you do something and God shows up? What do you do when you do something and God shows up? You know, I've had, I think some people, you know, I mean, here's the deal. In the midst of this, God was doing great things, but you had your naysayers, right? Oh, that was a judgment of God, really? God never showed up in the cloud to judge. He, he showed to confirm and to bless. If he wanted to bring judgment, he sent Gabriel to do that. Or Michael, you know. Because David was constantly going, God, please don't remove your spirit from me. God doesn't send his spirit where he don't want it to go. And so, we, so Dad did that and just made a declaration about this is going to be a house of worship. And so you have to ask yourself, how many times does this happen? I've never heard of it happening. I've heard of things happening at churches and whatnot, but here's the deal. Why do we believe so dearly in what we believe about worship? Because God showed up. God showed up. God showed up. God showed up. And not just once. It wasn't some fluke. It wasn't some chemical experiment going awry because nobody was here. And he came. And people would come here and spend the night and just pray. Nothing crazy. You know, there were, there were rumors out in the community that uh, the most extreme was being we were having orgies in here at night. You know? So God was doing a great thing, and you got, I mean, there's, you know, and, and people probably still say stupid things, but whatever. You know, the, Jesus said, hey, they hated me, they're going to hate you. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more hated you're going to become. But all of you have been here, y'all have witnessed us and what we do and what we preach and what we teach. None of it's crazy or cultish, it's all biblical. But the thing is, is God came, and he came, and he, he came like nine times, and, and the last time he came... He would always hang out over the instruments. He would, he would, he might be. When it was all said and done, he would hang out up here. And, and of course, Dad's like, Dad's like, all right, God, what, what are you doing? What's going on here? You know, I wish we'd had like a letter, you know, that really explained what was going on. But, but here's the deal: God showed up the day after he made this declaration that we're going to be a worshiping church. This church ain't no longer about what I say, but it's going to be about worshiping God. God shows up. And see, and like I said, there was some backlash in the community and whatnot. We were just a little, you know, little cult over here, a bunch of weirdos. And there were people that were leaving that were, thank God they left. It was the will of God. And there'll be some more in the future. Not everybody's meant for Gateway Church. Some people just ain't meant for church, period. You know, wolves and pain in the butts and all those other things that the Bible tells you how to deal with. But the thing is, is... Over a process of time, as I became the pastor, and we kind of got away from, you know, uh, Brother Olin passed the church on his son-in-law. Robert goes and starts Gateway, and for, so we were kind of disconnected there. It was a crazy time. And so then I was kind of like, I was executive pastor, and all I did was gave Dad a hard time, made him feel like an idiot, because I thought I knew better. Oh, I get paybacks, though. And I remember, I, th- I say, thank you, God, I had it coming. 
But I had a great idea. I was like, you know, hey, at that time, I mean, we, we had banners on the wall and all these objects of, you know, that had God's names on them and stuff like that. We actually had like a little wooden altar up here that looked like the altar, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant. It wasn't little. It was big, actually. And it, we, we kind of like, you know, I don't know if you know this about Dad. Dad's kind of an all-out guy. You know, hey, we're, we're going to make this not only be the Temple of David, we're going to make it look like the Tabernacle of David. And, and so we did it. And the deal is the presence of God came. We would have church at 10. At 2 o'clock, Dad would have to say, look, you guys got to go home. And today, and today, hour and a half in it, you're like, guys, just be patient. Hang in there a little bit longer. If you don't like worship or lengthy worship, especially when the Holy Spirit shows up, you need to go somewhere else. Listen, I mean, listen. We're not talking about we're not talking about having no wisdom, or you know, the Bible gives us order of worship and how it should happen and all that things. But we're we're going to be a worship church. And and what I'm confessing you today is to, is I'm confessing the damage that I've done that I've acknowledged a while ago. But you know what? I want I want I want to be done with this. I want it to be known how I feel in my heart. Um, but as I became pastor, I began to remove all those things. And you know what? Sometimes it's, it wasn't about removing the items and changing the decor. It was the intent of which I did them. And I bit the seeker-friendly hook. I'm like, we've got to make it comfortable for anybody and everybody to come in here despite how it offends God. And that's not how you do church. And when special guests that I knew would come in, I wouldn't lift my hands as much, and I wouldn't worship. Because I was a coward. And Marine snipers don't like being cowards, but I was. Now, and, and here's the deal. I've got over these things, but I want it to be known from where I came from and where I am now. I want it to be known what the desire is of my heart. I want men to step up with me and say, I'm going with you. It, it helps to know who's with you. It helps to know. Because I want this to be a place of worship. I want this to be a place of changed lives. And that's why for the last, you know, we, 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 we've made some faint attempts over the last several years to preach a worship series and all that. But that's why this summer, that's all we've been talking about is worship. 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 I'm going to tell you this. I'm convinced because I have seen, I have witnessed, I've been a part of, I have been involved in the, the praise and the presence of God to a point where I can't doubt it. But the thing is, is if you watch churches, if you watch Israel, if you read the Bible, people can have such a strong conviction at one point and all of a sudden they're like in a whole different boat. It's because we lose integrity with who we are and what we believe and what we feel. And we do this because of worldliness. We do this because of pride. We do this because of pleasure. We do this because of all kinds of things. And today, I mean, it's happened many times in the Old Testament. Kings had to stand up and say, hey, it's time to fix this mess, starting with me. It's time to make this right. It's time to glorify the Lord. It's time to reinstate. You know, Jesus Jesus wrote letters to multiple churches and revelations, and he said, you're doing good here, but you're terrible here. 
And, but, he, but one church, he says, go back to where you've fallen, repent, and do the works you once did. And me, I'm repenting as your pastor to say I'm going back to what we once did. We're not, we're not trying to recreate the past. We're trying to give us a hope for the future by worshiping God. By, you know, we, we talk, it's it's going to take people that are humble. It's going to take people that are sacrificial. It's going to take people believing. And here's the deal. We've got Old Methodist, Old Church of Christ. I don't know how you ended up here if you're Old Church of Christ. I mean, honestly, I, there's all kind of different people in here. You know, the only, the only people that come here and complain about our worship usually are just religious people. But when the lost come in here, something happens to them. Or when the people that are just know that there's more, something happens to them. We can't be everything to all people, but we need to be one thing, and that is a worshiping church that honors and loves God and desires to seek His presence and is unashamed to lift our hands and to shout and to be thankful. And what did Owen say about being thankful? Don't be thankful for every situation, but be thankful in every situation. You know what? When we when and here's the deal: we're we're not we're not we're not failing right now, but there's there's we can we can be making A's. We can be we can be progressing. We can be moving forward. We can be seeing a greater outpouring of God, because when God shows up, stuff starts happening. Stuff starts happening. Stuff starts happening. And when God shows up, He likes what's going on. I don't know about you, but I want to please God. I want to please God. I just want to see the glory of God like we've never seen it before. And I don't want to be the reason why it don't come back. And so, this was my altar call. <laughs> I felt this way for actually a while, but I'm like, I need to make this like open and plain. I need to tell the church my life and my story and my experience. And, uh, you know, we do. We have the cloud on tape. We, we haven't sold it. We're not, you know, we, we, we don't want to pimp it out. We've had men, you know, make offers and we're like, nope. You know, this is, this is ours. This is, you know, this is his. It was on his watch. But I want to see God work on my watch. He, he's done things, you know. Great things have happened. But, man, there's just so much more, I believe. And there's so many things that I lay in bed at night worrying about that I'm like, man, if God would show up and take care of this, it sure would make my life a whole lot easier. Because some of you people is crazy. <laughs> I'm crazy. See how I feel when I'm laying down? Y'all hear my jive? That's about as cool as I can get, dude. I want this place to be a dwelling place. I'm going to read this before we go. Ephesians. Ephesians 2.20. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together into a holy temple in the Lord. We're a holy temple. It says, in him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 
So see, this, this relationship with God isn't just, this, just me and God and His Spirit within me. It's He is building us, us, His people, into a dwelling place for God's Spirit. Amen? And so today, I'm just, you know, we're fixing to go home, but I just want to tell God today, I want to tell you people, this is where I'm at. This is where I stand. And if you're with me today, just if you are, I want everybody just to stand as Sharice gets ready to lead us in the song before we close. But if you're with me today, I want you just to come and just get on the altar as I just pray today and ask God to let us be a dwelling place for His Spirit.